Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The first five years of a child's life are the most important for healthy development and long-term well-being. The experiences and relationships formed during this period of rapid brain development build a foundation for future learning and success. Yet, this critical development is in jeopardy for many children whose families lack access to quality early learning and care, especially those living in under-resourced communities. The impacts of this opportunity gap are measurable in as early as nine months. Start Early is a proven nonprofit providing doula, home visiting, Head Start, and early Head Start programs, and advocating for policies that put families first. They've been expanding access to quality early learning and care for over 40 years, but there is more work to be done. Learn more about Start Early and the work they do by visiting startearly.org thrive. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so I figure the real thing WWE-wise is Bray Wyatt, John Cena, Roman Reigns, and Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, I think that's really the – well, and that and uh, the, the tag team chamber, which could be good. Yeah. Well, I still want to know what happened to the singles. They ditched it when they decided for Goldberg to win, I think. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just let Reigns win the Elimination Chamber since you said it was for the title shot anyway? <laughs> Your lips to God's ears, sir. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I, I honestly, until Anthony said something, was still under the impression that that match was still going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to look. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to C2C Radio Show.com. It's corner to corner time right here, Sunday night. It's 8.30. You know what it is. You know what time it is. Oh, boy, oh, boy. The XFL is breaking my heart. The defenders are losing to Tampa Bay. They started so well, damn it. It's rigged. Damn it. It's rigged. It's (laughs) work. They got agents in the back telling them what to do. (laughs) <laughs> this just in, Bill Goldberg signed to the XFL to play for the D.C. Defenders. Yes! What? What? <laughs> Got him! <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's that one Sunday night shenanigans. <laughs> Did I get you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I want to see him on the team, mind you, but... You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want to see him spear somebody. I mean, he can't, he damn sure can't jackhammer worth of shit. But I, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because that brings up an interesting question. So I know in this incarnation, the XFL, it hasn't happened. Right. But in the previous incarnation of the XFL, did they have anybody cross over, like go from the XFL to the WWE? No. No, no. The only one that came close would have been somebody that actually transitioned from XFL to NFL. And that would be the one, the only Carolina Panthers standout. He hate me, Rod Smart. Yeah, I remember him. He Didn't he play for really Dallas, good. too? Uh, before he retired, I think he did actually play for Dallas. I think you're right. Yeah. He was actually very, very good. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. In the XFL, was he was great. Yeah. <laughs> and he would he was the one that would cut promos. He would talk yeah. trash about other teams. I mean it's great. Uh this is what they call a cold open. That's right, it's corner to corner time. I'm Stan Grubb, as you heard. Brian Taylor is here. What's up? What's up? And Rob is on uh, location somewhere else right now. Eddie's got something going on. So it's just us at the C2CRadioShow.com. I want to apologize right. for last week, not having it through the site. Uh, Spreaker was being a dick, so uh, we had to update things. And we should just let everybody know it is their show, and we'll cold, cold open if we want. You're damn right. We don't need your permission. Well, let's not let's not alienate the fans. Today. Let's not get too carried away. <laughs> now they're gonna boo us. They're gonna boo us out of the building <laughs> faster than a Saudi Arabian pay per view. They're gonna boo us out of the building. Yeah, so let's give them a rundown of what we got tonight, just oh, just, just to be different. <laughs> We've got, of course, we're gonna talk about the greatness that was AEW Revolution, and I say that in sincerity. Because it was a tremendous <clears throat> pay-per-view. We're going to go over top to bottom. we got lots to talk about with that. We're going to talk about uh, some of the news of the week, which is WWE. And I don't know if you remember, Brian, but there was a show this week. Super Showdown? Super Showdown, yeah. yeah, yeah it was on Thursday afternoon at noon for those of you that are housewives and unemployed. I don't, and I, I will. Who's watching at noon? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. Plus, I already figured out what was going to happen. I just couldn't bring myself to it. But uh, yeah. I'll give my thoughts on that later. There, there's some heartbreaking all over the world tonight because of what happened in the. I guess you can call it a main event. This is a main event that lasts under five minutes. Sorry to say. That's what she said. <laughs> I win. <laughs> okay, Wait. we're going up. Everybody, have a good night. <laughs> Comedy bits over. God damn it. <laughs> uh, we're going to pro wrestling crate. Yes, yes. We got a whole slew of things to talk about for the pro wrestling yeah. crate. The February crate has arrived. And Brian will break it down for you. And of course, you can find all of the awesome photos of the pro wrestling crate right now on C2CRadioShow.com. Where are you listening to us right now, damn it? You better be listening right now, and if you're not, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. What the, what the shit? Be sure oh. to open Brian. <laughs> be sure to open it in a different tab, but open Brian's corner, and it'll take you to... Yep, that's right. It's going to take you to the February crate, our section of the site, dedicated pro wrestling crates, and also everything else that is Brian's opinion. Right now, it's just a yeah. crate. 
Yeah, it's just great. I, I'm not opinionated on anything yet. It's been a little yes. while since you actually, you know, penned your thoughts on paper. Well, you know, I am kind of, you know, I don't just give my penned thoughts to anybody. I mean, these are our favorite. I got to make these sure they're worthy listeners. of pen they're, to paper. Oh, they're like Thor's hammer? Is he yeah. worthy? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't lift the pen <laughs> unless I'm found worthy. <laughs> He's not worthy today. One day. Possibly. <laughs> uh, Brian, you know what? I finally got my Hasbros and my Mattels set up on a shelf. They Very finally much. are up there. Got my belts displayed. Got my 2K20. The only good thing that came from 2K20, because even the SummerSlam 19 cards were crap, <laughs> the 2K20... Uh, signed Kurt Angle picture and the piece of the ring from when they broke from the superplex between Brock and Big Show. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually like those cards. I thought they were good cards. I mean, the pictures were good. Outside of that, the, yet again, SummerSlam tier was for, what, a month? Yeah, but, I mean, it got me right into the next year. That's so true. I- it did propel us pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of getting them is to make sure you start off into the next tier. And I'm excited to announce, of the 15 that I'm missing, I've got 10 of them on the way. 10 of what? The retros. Oh, cool. Almost there. Almost. Somebody somebody got a bonus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the end of the month time. It may just have happened. (laughs) <laughs> now, now you just have to get the old ones. See, that's a slow, slow burn. See, I can get away with dropping 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. <laughs> when we start talking in the hundreds, then it gets a little bit harder to uh, pull the wallet. Hey, I'll sell you a Macho Man for, you know, $40. Oh, would you? Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what are friends for but a discount, right? <laughs> What did I get it for three bucks? <laughs> Some crazy price at the freaking secondhand store. <laughs> yeah, I but I mean, you snagged me. You snagged me the Ric Flair AWA too. That I think was it was AWA. Yeah. yeah, plus the little Macho Man thumb wrestler. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some bogus Hulk Hogan. So I can't yeah. complain. That one's some. It's a bootleg, and it's still made by Remco. So I was doing some research on this. It's still made by Remco, but it's not an AWA figure. Yeah, so the guess, Hogan is, uh, is yeah. probably from one of the other lines that so he I has. Remco used to do wrestling figures like and just kind of do it on the low, like not tell anybody? Yeah. Knockoffs. Right, right. Yeah. So, well, you know what? Why don't we do something different? We know we're going to talk about AEW. We know we're going to talk about Super Showdown and some of the aftermath. Why don't we talk about the crate first? Oh, wow. All right. You're just trying to trying to just Let's steal my thunder, huh? No, no. This is your thunder. I'm trying to give it to you early. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, once it's over now, what else do <laughs> I have to talk about? All right, hold on. Uh, hold on let me grab You're it. right. You're right. Nothing has happened this week, Brian. There's nothing for you to talk about. <laughs> Brian's upset. He's, he's sad. That's what you may have said. He said he's going to be right back. That's not what he meant. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Back and I'm better than ever. 
Wait, wait, Eric Bischoff's coming on? Yeah. Sweet. I snuck, I snuck him on here. Sleazy E. Yeah. Well, I figure since Rob couldn't be here already, might as well get the next best thing. Hey, <laughs> easy E here to lay it down. Let's get Conrad Thompson. Maybe he can get us some blue chew. Hey, hey, let's not get crazy. All right? <laughs> but I want some blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> you probably need a blue something. Oh, see, that's not fair. That's not fair. All right, hang on, hang on. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Might be encroaching on a cease oh, careful, careful, I think there's a road dog in your future. Yeah. All right, here we go. So, uh, first things first is we got a retro, I guess I would say retro-looking Macho Man Randy Savage shirt. Probably the coolest Macho Man shirt I've seen, like, yet. It's mm-hmm. actually really damn cool. Rob has already threatened to steal it. Yeah, well, y'all normally try and threaten to steal something every month, but um, the security I have on the place prevents that. Because <laughs> uh, I'll cut your little wainers off. There we go. Now you just made it weird. <laughs> There's hands right now going, well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it is a, a retro. To me, it looks like pre WWE days. Oh yeah, yeah. This this looks like uh, mid south Randy Savage, maybe. Yeah, I, I would say probably mid south, because even the even the robe he's in is red, white, and blue. But it's it's his face. It doesn't look quite uh, WWE, if that's possible. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there's certain subtleties <coughs> that you can tell have been taken to separate some of these images from what WWE has already used, mm-hmm. which, which I'm fine with. I mean, this looks a great looking shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. That will soon be in my collection, whether you like it or not. Ha <laughs> For a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Right, not your collection. <laughs> uh, the second shirt is one uh, that I kind of like. So this is one of my personal faves, I think, so far. And it's the Iron Sheik. And it says, I break your back, make you humble. What? Sheaky baby. Sheaky baby, yeah. So should I ever have the opportunity, you know, I'll definitely have to support that if I ever run into the Sheik. Yeah. You better wear his damn shirt. You damn wearing, right. Wearing the Bullet yeah. Club in front of the Maltese was a big mistake to you. Hey, they loved it. They know they did. They said, change your effing shirt. <laughs> For a minute, they had a brush with greatness. And then they said, here, <laughs> then, they, then they said, here, drink some beer. Yeah, then they said, here, drink some beer. And I said, okay, <laughs> let's drink beer. <laughs> All forgiven. Right, beer. right? <laughs> if we'll drink beer together, then I guess it's okay. <laughs> yes. uh, so the next item is uh yeah I, do, I don't i don't i don't i don't get it i understand it's a retro crate is the theme but why do i need a fanny pack <laughs> wait a so, minute wait a minute brother this this is a must-have for any 80s wrestling fan 
This is where you stick all your gimmicks. Uh, I don't. Uh, I could have dealt without the fanny pack. I'm sure. Michael Hayes uh, right now is pissed. The bad part is, I think there was already a fanny pack in another crate. Oh really? I think I'm not positive, but I think I've seen. I think I have one upstairs. Yes. But was it a pro wrestling tease crate? Not, you know. Uh, I think I was do. Was it have black? One. It's green. Yeah, I think I do have one. I'll have to check on it. Um, then we have Ultimate Warrior pin. Uh, in the Ultimate Warrior is written in like the face paint design. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, we have, uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love the micro brawlers. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still not over the cold. And this month was Kamala. Hey. The Ugandan giant. Pro Wrestling Crate listens to our show. Let me tell you why. Two weeks ago, we were live and we were talking about the crate, right? We were talking about the brawlers and all the cool ones he had. And one of the conversations we had, and Brian, you remember this, I said, what about Kamala? Do you have Kamala? And you said, no. No, I don't think I do. Now you've got Kamala. Yeah, you robster Domus the thing. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so, but it is kind of cool. It'll definitely uh, go up there with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. In me little hidey hole, my man cave. Um, <clears throat> so that's cool. Uh, then we have a retro wrestling um, match poster, it looks like, with... Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman, which I really like. I like match posters, uh, considering I design some every once in a while for UCW. Woo, UCW. Um, and it, with the cool part about that is we even talked about that last last time. And your first thing you said was, I have no idea what they're going to do with this, but... It should be pretty cool because it's Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. There you go. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. I'm telling you, they're listening to me. Yep. So if I ever meet Lawler, you know, I'll take it, maybe get him a sign his side and maybe frame it. Um, I think it might be frame worthy. Um, then we have this really cool um, DVD from High Spots. Called Ric Flair the dirtiest player in the game. Hmm. And it's got a bunch of matches one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And they range from Ric Flair and Crusher Blackwell versus Dory Funk Jr. and Kim Patera. Uh, Flair versus Kerry Von Erich for the world title, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the NWA world title. Uh, Flair and Art Cruz. The dubious Art Cruz. I don't even know who the hell Art Cruz is. Okay. Yeah, but it's for the world title. So that Are might be really one of the. No, no, no. Art Cruz. That might be one of the ones, you know, where he goes to, uh, you know, one of these regional promotions and defends the NWA title. Hmm. Um, Flair and Blackwell versus Wyndham and Von Erich. Could be interesting. That might be a pretty good one. 
Um, Ric Flair versus Samu for the world title. Flair versus Pat O'Connor. Which one, Samu? Yeah. That's just yeah. A, it sounds like a unique match, you know? Yeah. Um, Flair versus Rhodes. And I'm not sure which one that that is. So that one could be interesting, especially if it's one that you haven't seen in a while. And then Flair versus Harley Race for the world title, which just by looking at it, I guess would probably be Flair's first world title win. Very nice. So, but again, until I check it out, I won't know for sure. And then the piece de resistance, the autograph is from none other than double A, Arn Anderson. Doesn't get much better than that. No. And yeah, he, he writes, I think he spells out Arn Anderson and uh, does he put Horseman on it? Nope, or does he put, uh, well, I think he may put double A. Let me pull it out and see. Because I've seen it done a couple of ways. I think mm-hmm. I even have it done a couple of ways. I, I think, think I on have the, double A in the Enforcer on mine. Well, I have Arn Anderson and then four. Uh, yeah, so he spells out Arn Anderson and then puts four in uh, quotation marks. Yeah. And I think on my TV title, he put um, <coughs> double A. Mm. Or, in the, or maybe he put Arn Anderson right. double A. He, yeah. he, it's, it's different. And then the one where I met him in Maryland, I think, is different also. So, I think I have his a couple of ways. He's kind of like Animal, Road Warrior Animal. Yeah, he signs his a few different ways. Yeah, so I've seen... Looking to jumpstart your career? Start with the city of Norfolk, Virginia. You'll earn competitive pay, outstanding benefits, and a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Start your new career today at norfolk.gov slash coastalvajobs. Restrictions apply. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Warrior Animal, which I think is what I have on one. Where is Rob? Because of the picture he he chose, he did uh, Legion of Doom Animal or something. So his was different. And, I mean, we were right behind each other, but based on the picture that we had him sign, in Charlotte, um, he signed it two different ways. So it's kind of interesting to see him do that. But yeah, so that's the crate. Um, I actually enjoyed that crate. Um, just, it was a good, fun crate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it may actually be my favorite crate that you've had so far. Uh, you, you might be right. It's probably one of the top ones, in my opinion. 
that I've had. Uh, and then, so next month, the theme is Lucha. And <clears throat> we got, uh, this is featuring the Lucha Brothers, uh, El Generico, uh, Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. Dr. Wagner Jr., Luchasaurus, Ty of Valkyrie, Los Guerreros, and Pero Agoya Jr. Yeah, they I they right. they steal. Yeah, so I would imagine the Los Guerreros would be a t-shirt. I'm pretty positive on that one. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then where everybody else falls, it's hard to say. Maybe Luchasaurus would be a t-shirt too. Oh, no, mm. I think we already have one. There's already a Jurassic Express T-shirt. That at yeah. least I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, I think I think we already have a Jurassic uh, one with him on it. And they had from, the best seats in the house last night. Oh my God, are you kidding me? They were there for probably three quarters of the pay per view. <laughs> <coughs> they don't have a match, but we're going to put them in the front row. They, they probably got paid for it too. <laughs> that's the best part. I want you to sit up front and just relax. Cool. You paying me? Yeah, just wear your gear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was so expecting them to uh, have some type of run-in or something. Mm-hmm. But it never materialized. Especially during the tag match. Like, that would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Nope, they just sat and watched. It's because Marco couldn't uh, get cleared to jump the rail. Little perv. <laughs> <laughs> well, him and, him and Jungle Boy were both staring over her shirt, looking down the damn dress. Like, oh, guys, really? <laughs> <laughs> Try to put her arm on her shoulder. Right. You see, Jungle Boy brush his arm off of her. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty funny. So, but I guess since we've hit the crate, and now we're you brought up pay per view. Let's talk pay per view. Yeah, let's talk about AEW Revolution. What a damn show. Like, these guys with AEW... Now, WWE's done everything they can verbally to duck the whole war concept. You know, they, they people say what they say about counter-programming. I, I still tend to think that that's probably a thing that they're trying to do. But uh, AEW there's... has really stepped it up. Yeah, but so there is no doubt they are counter uh, they're they're trying stuff to mm-hmm. pull viewers. I mean, we've moved Finn Balor. Yep. We have put the club. We have pulled Charlotte mm-hmm. and any number of other people, and it's just not working for them. They're trying, yeah. but it's not working for them. And, and, and what seems like last night? Yeah. Last night was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Probably, I'll I'll go ahead and say it's probably the best pay per view we'll see this year. Mm, I don't know about that because uh, I mean we still have there's three more at least for AEW alone, and you know NXT normally brings it for a few of them. Well, I mean Takeover Portland was actually a pretty good show. Don't get me wrong, but 
in looking at just the past few weeks of wrestling, there is a distinct difference in what AEW is doing right now <coughs> and everybody else. They're just right now they're just on another level. And that's that's nothing but great for them. I mean, the the buy-in from last night as far as Revolution was concerned had some great matches. It had the Dark Order and SCU. But my question is more along the lines of why they went the direction they did with SCU for for that matchup. I mean, the the, the buy-in, which is always – generally speaking, the buy-in is a great show. There's usually at least two or three matches on the buy-in. Uh, last night there was only one, but what we did see in the aftermath was the introduction of a new AEW signing, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, but let's talk about the match, let's go ahead and break it down, SCU in the Dark Order, probably the Dark Order's best showing to date, last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, especially when you, uh, you beat SCU, mm-hmm. um, which I, I see why. Uh, the Dark Order wins. Um, and I, I, I hate to say it, man, but I'm kind of like you. I haven't signed up for them yet, but I'm getting intrigued. And that, that's the thing. Like, you, you can't help but be intrigued by the idea. Like, these guys are, I mean, yeah, there's been cult and, like, those kind of things as far as stables are concerned. But the presentation of the Dark Order is just so different. It's... Mm-hmm. In, in a world of wrestling where nobody takes anything seriously, the Dark Order has taken themselves seriously. Do you get that vibe from them? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't feel that they're that serious. You know, mm-hmm. like they're overly serious. But I, oh no, I don't. It, mean it feels, like yeah. it feels to me genuine. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have bought into this. Like, seriously, they've bought into this. And they make you feel, you know, it's, it's just weird. You know, maybe it is this little cultish vibe or something right. that they're able to pull. But, you know, again, I, you know, I, lately they've popped on TV and it's like, I just kind of start watching them. You know, like, what about their their spokesperson that just shows up? With a oh, the blonde haired guy. Yeah, what the hell yeah. is that? Does he even have a name? What's his name? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. He's like the he's the Kent Brockman of, of the Dark Order. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> yeah, well, as long as not Kent Brockman, but Troy McClure. <laughs> as long as he's not the exalted one, I'll be okay. Oh my God, that'd be funny. <laughs> No, it wouldn't. <laughs> you may know me from such sitcoms as. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, seriously, I am buying into all the crap they do on TV mm-hmm. and all the crap that is going on on social media. Right? Mm-hmm. So. But how about the creepy emails? Let me tell you about the creepy emails. Oh, I, oh. well, see, I haven't joined yet, so I'm no. not getting creepy oh. emails. <laughs> You get this weird-ass email that says, join the Dark Order. It's in play, all black, and in white text that says, join the Dark Order. That's it. That's the email. Like, well, what is this? just like I said last night, uh, when I texted that they should be selling those, the masks. Oh, the masks, yeah. I think 
I, I thought about it. I think, and if any of you guys in AEW are listening, I think you would really make a fat mint on this. They should sell like Dark Order starter kits or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like for oh, for forty bucks, you get a mask, you get uh-huh. a t shirt, you know, you get like a membership card or something, you know, a bumper sticker. So you you know what I'm saying? Right. Just throw some little crap. We love that stuff. Fans love that stuff, and it it would be something even if you're not committed to the Dark Order as a fan, you would probably buy it. I would just, wear that mask at the end. Yeah, time. just to wear the mask. I'd wear it at the commentary table. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I would do it. And then you look Stan like... Uh, has gone dark order. <laughs> then, you, then you'd look like... What's his name? Excalibur? Yeah. Sweet! Can I, that yeah. only means that I get permission to say, Don't make all the hero! No. Ah, damn it. Yeah. No, that's, his, that's his gimmick. <laughs> Would would you say that this is the best that the Dark Order has performed in the ring as a team since they debuted? Um, I don't know if it's their best because they all they have an impressive record. Mm-hmm. They're like eight and two or something. Yeah, nine and two or something. They just snuck through and yeah. they just quietly become the top tag team, which yeah. is interesting because you know that they're ultimately going to top <clears throat> Omega and Page. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see them being the ones to do it. Um, but I, I think it was the cleanest, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Christmas. Yes, there was a there was a different feel to how they were how they were interacting in the ring, the chemistry they had with SCU, which most likely is benefiting from the previous matches they've had. Um, mm-hmm. But the chemistry that they brought last night made the buy-in extra special. And yeah. it really set the tone for the night. Yeah, and I like the fact that it was only four other people. Mm-hmm. I I don't really necessarily think they need 20 dudes in, you know, the black spandex interfering in the match. So it's I'm just, cool with it if it's like in, an, uh, in a promo and, like, they do, like, the whole where they make the guys thrown. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, you know, when they're in a match, you know, four guys max at the outside is probably enough. Yeah. Because, you know, then you kind of, you might have mistakes like they've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's up into up until recently, I guess that was one of my issues with them. Because they seem to have more, not really botches, but they would have screw-ups. Than, mm-hmm. than the other teams. So, but it looks like they've overcome that. Yeah. Well, and they, they just seem more confident, and I'm sure that there has been, you know, conversation between Khan and and the boys and Dark and the Dark Order. Just telling them, look, you guys have something. You can see there's a fan following. Just slow down and do what you've got to do. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And it's paying mm. off in huge dividends for them right now. Yeah. And, and again, uh, I would imagine if they're about to reveal the exalted one, and if it's who the probably the rest of the wrestling world thinks, then sky's the limit for them. 
Yeah, that's the best part. If it turns out to be who it could be, which <laughs> here's my gut feeling on that. I have a feeling we're all going to be grossly disappointed. And it's only because with as desperate as they seem to be right now, WWE will let go of anybody. <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to try and make a last-minute play. And the person we all want to see do what we know is he's meant to do, <laughs> he won't do it. I, I think we're going to be disappointed. Yeah, but again, so there comes a point in time, and I think this is where you're going to see this, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just going to be him. The, the revival is at this point, right? Now, they could always go back for the money. Right. But there comes a point in time where what you do means more than that money. Right. Oh, I'm sure it does. I just I have a feeling that because they've been doing it, it's just what they've been doing. You know, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I agree with you that there's got to be more than that. But, yeah, just. And again, I, he's he's one guy. And I don't think the money matters to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they own a massive amount of land down there in North Carolina. He's been doing this for a long time. He's probably been signed at major contracts, the toy deals, the video game, you know, all this stuff. I mean, this isn't like he is brand new. He's been at this for a long time. And I really don't think that it's going to come down to money. I think it's going to come down to, well, I was this over when I came. You immediately turned me into, you you know, we went backwards. When I started to move forwards and started to pick, the crowd started to pick up for me. What'd you do? You shut me down, you know, and now look at me. You, You made me look foolish. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think artistic freedom will win out with this one. Same I'm thing hoping, with the revival. I'm hoping that you're right. I really, really am. Don't get me wrong. I want to see him there because there is no, absolutely no way you could stop the momentum that a broken Matt Hardy would bring to the Dark Order. <laughs> it would be ridiculous and it would work so freaking well. And then you have a group that can go whatever direction you want. They can be good sometimes. They can be bad sometimes. They can go and attack your favorite and make you cheer for them. Attack your most hated and make you cheer for them. They can turn whatever they want with that kind of response because that's what Matt Hardy brings to the table. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing, too. So let's remember, probably the height of Matt Hardy ever Mm -hmm. was when he was broken and he was in TNA. Or impact, mm-hmm. right? Where they were running all over the world, getting tight, you know, winning these tag team titles. But they were so over. At that time, they were, yeah, they were probably the biggest tag team in the world. And again, he goes to some place where they don't understand it, and they shut him right down. I think, I think with, he's gone. I think with what we've seen collectively with Matt Hardy and how he does things, 
the opportunity for him to really turn into something even bigger is huge there. Um, but let's let's go back to what we saw. Of course, the matchup between SCU and Dark Order, tremendous matchup. These guys had some tandem offense that, frankly, I had never seen before. And we'll talk about stuff that we had never seen before much later in the evening as we go through the tag title match because, God damn, those are tons of that. Um, we saw the introduction of what was teased as the exalted one, but turned out to be Christopher Daniels. But we also saw, maybe not an introduction to the Chicago crowd, but an introduction to AEW as their most recent official signee. And that's Colt Boom Boom Cabana. I'm still not sold on Colt Cabana. Don't get me wrong. Still not a Cabana fan. But the reaction he got from the hometown crowd was huge. And it played very, very well at the buy So, I guess I'm not a huge fan of, I mean, Colt Cabana's. I know who he is. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of his matches. But I haven't seen a large body of work. A former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, so, I'm kind of, I won't really say I'm in the dark, but it's kind of gray. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the lights aren't necessarily on, so, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I know he can work. You know, I've seen enough to know he can work. So, we'll see uh, what he gets caught up in. Um, if Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, and the best friends don't get tied up in some kind of group, then uh, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying because after what we saw, and, and hey, you heard it here first. For every single doubter of could Orange Cassidy pull it off, well, last night we saw living proof, and I'm the one that said if Orange Cassidy gets a second to tear open and just break loose, you will have never seen anything like it. Damn if I wasn't right. Love it when I'm right about wrestling. Well, stop uh, patting yourself on the back. Let's, we're not there yet. No way, dude. It's my Barry Horowitz moment. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so we come out of the buy-in, and the pay-per-view starts off. Here's the cool part of AEW. Um, so I'm at the store yesterday. I'm talking to my fiance about, hey, I think I want to get Revolution. Because the kids were with their mom for dinner. So I was like, maybe I just want to do this. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to her. And she's like, well, how much is it? And I'm like, that's oh, 50 bucks. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, but I really want to watch it. I don't want to miss this pay-per-view. And I really don't want to try to find any other way to see it. She's like, all right, go ahead. And we watched the buy-in, which was full of all of the promos to get everybody pretty well caught up. And damn if she didn't sit and watch pretty much the whole pay-per-view with me. This is the part, and, and Brian, you know her. She's pretty well a diehard, right? When it comes- is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average, so you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation, or a new kitchen, or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org/savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. comes to Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, WWE, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she dug it. 
she dug AEW last night. Complete with the way they started their pay-per-view, which was Jake Hager and the natural Dustin Rhodes. Um, this was one of those throwbacks, I felt, like to how the NWA and WCW used to do it when you had two powerhouses that could actually wrestle. That's how this felt to me. So, for me, I think they tried too hard on that Mm -hmm. powerhouse wrestling. Okay. I would have much rather seen... You don't have to get, like, technical wrestling, but I think uh, both of them could have uh, not really slowed down, but wrestled a little bit more. Okay. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the match, but I think sometimes AEW has a good idea in their head, mm-hmm. but when it's time to execute it, you know, they get giddy. And sometimes it just doesn't come off um, the way it looks on paper. You know what didn't come off good that they probably thought would come off great on paper? Jake Hager making out with his wife before the match. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see your tongue going in this woman's mouth. Come on, man. <laughs> well, they're probably we... like, well, if RVD can do it. <laughs> yeah, but RVD got an entire wrestling company banned off of Twitch for a week. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't necessary. I'm just saying. I will say that Mrs. Swagger looked very nice. Mrs. Ha- Mrs. Hager, excuse me. Really? I mean, you just you couldn't couldn't have let that one go. You gotta. Well, she's pretty. Got got her fawn on her, huh? I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's fawning. I mean, Tammy yeah, just got out of jail. I'm not fawning on anybody. Damn it. Uh, yet. <laughs> we Logan know how Skype this works. Tammy. Logan Skype. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I, but I can, I can see oh, what you mean about this match. Though I, I I can see that there were times where these guys were both rushing to get to the next move. Yeah, and I mean, it was, this it, is supposed to be, you know, just like a, a street fight almost, mm-hmm. you know, without being a street fight. You know, there, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting a technically rest, a sound wrestling match. However, I think we could have wrestled a little bit more. And you know, maybe some more power moves or something. But if if we're just going to stand there and throw elbows and punches and, mm-hmm. you know, outside for, you know, a minute and a half or whatever, you know, let's let's just call it a street fight and be done with it. A couple of shots that, that made me pause and really actually made me concerned for both guys. Uh, there's a spot there where Hager hits a lariat to the back of, Rhodes' head and drops him on the outside of the ring. Legitimately, I thought Dustin hit his face on the mat outside. I thought he was out. And the referee is sitting there kind of half counting, half like, are you okay? <laughs> Nobody's yeah, really doing anything. I'm like, dude, somebody needs to pick him up. <laughs> yeah, you talk about that like long. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like the, the longest long eight count I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's okay. I'm, I'm hoping that he's fine. But, yeah, dude. And the other part of it was they get in there, and that power slam that that Dustin hits, 
the only person that hits a tighter power slam is probably Randy Orton. It's that real deep, like, he just ducks into it, and when he swings that power slam over, by God, that needs to be a finish. I just, every time I see it, I'm like, why is someone kicking out of that? It just doesn't make any damn sense. Oh, and I should mention that this match, I believe, was match number one for the Destroyer. <laughs> yes. And and this one, I'm glad. Thank you for bringing up the uh, scary moment number two. I'm glad Jake Hager is okay. But, mm, okay, maybe, and I'm a huge Dustin Rhodes fan, but maybe Dustin, maybe no more Destroyers, buddy. Yeah, but I, I think the problem is, is, it's like I said, they they went at each other so hard. Yeah. You know, they just kind of, you know, it was like, holy cow, I'm in a fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in a real fight, you get winded. And your muscle, you get muscle fatigue. And, you know, I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think they were like, well, just go out there and kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah. well, here's the thing. Hager and Dustin were going toe-to-toe pretty much the entire time. And Hager, for his first match back in a wrestling ring, I thought he looked really good. He was blown sky high two minutes in. So don't get it twisted. That man needs some cardio. But he looked really well, again, good for a guy that really hadn't been in the ring. Again, no, I don't, I don't think either one of them need cardio. I think they were just like, you know, again, talking in the back. Okay, well, Tony said to go out there and kick the shit out of each other. Well, let's not just kick the crap out of each other. Let's kick the ever-living crap out of each other from start to finish. You said (laughs) kick the shit out of each other twice, and then you dress it down and call it ever-living crap. Well, I got it it cool before the FCC catches me. You know I'm on a wanted poster, right? Wanted for saying shit. (laughs) (laughs) Only at the post office. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen this podcaster? (laughs) Oh, God. Big question mark. (laughs) You know what? That's going to be our debut (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Have you seen this podcaster? (laughs) (laughs) But but again, so I enjoyed it. But I know both of these guys can wrestle. What did you think of the I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more wrestling in it. How did you feel about the submission finish at the end, the standing triangle choke? Uh, so I'm down with that. I, I think it's probably, uh, I don't know if I've ever been put in it, but I would imagine at least the way he, he put him in it, mm-hmm. it looks like it could be legit. I mean, if you, if you, if you grab somebody around the neck, and you happen to hit that artery, and you cut that artery, it's night-night. Right. So, I mean, hes I think he's big enough and muscular enough that if he hits it, it you know, it's a legit move. So I'm okay with that. And I'm probably pay, playing Sunday night quarterback. I understand. But I felt like with the submission, that should have ended it, but it should have been five minutes in. He should have caught him, slapped it on him, and that should have been it. Because for everything they went through, and they went through, if there was ever a match where somebody said, I got to get my shit in, that was the opening match for AEW Revolution. Because both guys had to get their stuff in, and they did. And it worked out. Don't get me wrong, the finish made sense. 
Because, I mean, Jake Hager is a, a certifiable badass. He's legit. You're not going to take that away, so you gotta you got to sell that. I get that part, but to me, that chokehold should have been Dustin goes in for a lariat gets caught and night-night. It should have been just that quick. I think that would make better sense going forward. But the crowd was hot. The crowd didn't care. They liked this matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. Even when Dustin got himself some. The natural got himself a little bit of Mr. Hager. And here we go. Back to Mr. Hager. You're a perv too, ain't you? <laughs> I mean, you and Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. I bet you I could have gotten more out of that interview than they could. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. I hear you. <laughs> all right, maybe. So, but, all right, so I guess ultimately <laughs> this match kind of reminded me of like uh, Williams, you know, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy type thing. Oh, where they would just go in there and club the crap out of each other. Yeah, yeah. And whoever throws the biggest bomb at the end wins. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. what they were trying to do. Yeah, so, I mean, I can see why you don't slap the finish on, mm-hmm. especially that one five minutes in. Because it may not have made that much sense if you did it five minutes in and, they, you know, Dustin didn't look like he was exhausted. Right. So, because Dustin's a big guy. So, you know, to me, you, um, take it a moment. See if she can get it. Um, sorry. Uh, to me, he's a big guy. You, either one of them would need to be worn down. Well, so, it's got to go for a while. I feel like with with what we saw last night, just overall, you could tell that they had a specific plan with how they wanted to prime the crowd. Now, we're going to talk about that as far as questioning that in a few minutes when we talk about the tag title match, but they specifically put their matches together in a way where it had the crowd go through basically a roller coaster from start to finish. We go from Dustin and Jake Hager to Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, which starts off just, wow, these guys beat the piss out of each other in the opening five minutes, and the match hasn't started. That was the craziest non-match I've ever seen. Just beating the crap out of each other and then finally getting in the ring for the bell to ring. And we see Darby Allen finally hitting a carbon drop, a coffin drop. Would you say that Darby Allen is not so quietly becoming their top star? Uh, I mean, I think we've had this discussion multiple times. Uh, I don't know if the top star, but I think he is becoming a star, like I mean, a worldwide star. Yeah, the crowd response, the rumble of the crowd, not just the cheer, because he got a decent pop, but the rumble of the crowd every time he got up, every time he started to get ready or to fire up was just, it was almost like watching the crowd react to a guy like Sting or the Road Warriors. Uh, But, I mean, he's popular. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sammy is popular in his own way. And I think that that was a perfect um, opponent was Darby versus Sammy. Because everybody just wants to see Sammy get the crap knocked down. 
Right, right. He is exactly that bad guy, and he did yeah. 100% of the work to make Darby Allen look like a monster last night. Because every yeah. bump he took, it was, you know, it was Sammy just bumping like a madman, flying all over the place, doing flips, doing whatever it took to make it look like everything was as devastating as possible. Mm-hmm. And I should mention that this was Destroyer number two. <laughs> Did you really keep count? Yes, I really kept count. Because, again, <laughs> so, you know, Pete, what Petey Williams said a few weeks ago and the fact that AEW loves that move, um, I picked up on it in the first one. I was like, oh, well, there's the Destroyer. And I think even, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, called it the Destroyer. Uh, one of them did. And oh, so yeah, then it was yeah, Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. Excalibur, so it was like, oh, okay, there's there's Destroyer number one. You get to match number two. Oh, look, there's another Destroyer. And, you know, in my mind, I'm, like, just thinking about Petey Williams and, like, yeah, I'm glad I could give you all this, you know, this move or whatever he said. And then match three, and they're up. Oh, there's a third Destroyer, and I think there's one more somewhere, somewhere in the night. Imagine you're a guy that invents this this move that no one's ever seen before that takes the world by storm and then everybody starts ripping it off and turning it into a transition hold. And he's absolutely right. (laughs) But think about it, though. I mean, think about it. He left wrestling for some time, Mm -hmm. right? Or I guess he left uh, national, you know, TV wrestling, whatever. And I don't know if he left the Indies, but he left mainstream, you know, pop, uh, not popular, but TV wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the move went was nowhere. You never saw it. And then all of a sudden, about the time he comes back, you know, and now everybody's using his finisher. And it's, it's you know, you just want to be like, oh, son of a, you know, what yeah. the hell happened here? Because I'll admit, I, I absolutely loved that move when I first saw Petey do it. I was like, there's no way anybody kicks out of this. I mean, I might even rewound the video or and just watched it. And it was like, this is an incredible finisher. And now everybody's doing it. And kicking out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even so, two and a half and two and three quarters. It's two. Yeah, so we we sympathize with you, Petey. (laughs) We really do. Between that and the DDT, nothing makes me more irritated when I see a move get used in the middle of a match than like a destroyer or a power bomb or pile driver or a DDT. These are moves that used to end careers. But the bad part is, is since Er, uh attention levels have decreased, right? right? Ain't nobody going to see a wrestling match that 45 minutes is a headlock anymore. Right. You're very true. So certain moves had to be phased out and other moves brought in. Well, the only way you can do it is to, if you can't invent new moves, is you have to start using finishers. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's probably easier to invent a finisher as opposed to some type of transition move. Right. So, 
And a DDT is something you could technically hit anywhere. And, you know, they've just watered it down. I guess in the same vein as a destroyer, you could probably hit that anywhere, too. Let me hit a somersault pile driver, and you're going to get up. I just want you to get right up, spit in my face, <laughs> throw your hamburger at me. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to Darby Allen. Yeah, so Sammy Guevara hits a spot through a table, does the whole and, – and to me, I think it's him paying homage to different wrestlers like Shawn Michaels – all these other guys that do crazy spots like that. And that's what I kind of got the vibe of what he was doing last night. But Sammy really, I felt like last night Sammy came into his own as a star that doesn't need to have anybody at his corner, like the inner circle or anything. He can perform at a very high level as a bad guy without any of that. So I kind of agree. However, I think... For now, we just need Sammy to be that conniving little weasel right. that attaches himself to the inner circle. And, and I think we're going to see more of that, especially after the way the main event came last night. I think we're going to start seeing Sammy do more as like, like especially like consoling Chris Jericho. I think those segments are going to happen and those are going to be great. You know, to try to pep up the champ, let champion. I just have this feeling that you're absolutely right. We haven't seen the last of that. Yeah, because to me, Sammy, Sammy's going to be the one that eventually, you know, quite possibly kicks Chris out of there. Oh, that would be hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> the inner circle does like the Bullet Club and just recycles like leaders. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just he's well, not just recycle. A lot of them do it. You know, a lot of these bigger clubs do it. Oh, so, you know, what happened, Chris? You lost the world title. You know? Oh, you're going to go play with Fozzie now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's okay. We, we'll we we'll hold the fort. And then as soon as he turns his back, it's Sammy that drops him. You know? Just that what I some conniving know. little worm. And if this happens in two weeks, Brian, I, I swear to God, if we don't start getting some of your con money, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was, to me, I would have been okay if this match actually started the pay-per-view. Because this match really got the crowd even more excited and frenzied. Um, and I felt like the buildup they were doing was trying to make it. So let's give the crowd just a little bit more of what they want every single match until we get to the main event. But I don't think they knew after this matchup what they were setting themselves up for. Because the match that came directly after this one, and I think this one was um, it was an impressive matchup between the two, and I liked the fact that they let Darby Allen get the win on the big stage. I really, really think that's important. And I think very, very carefully they can position Darby to be the guy that – because I keep going back to it because I can see the setup that they're doing with this guy. Darby Allen is this company's version of Sting. And it's very – it's very methodical with what they're doing to set it up. But if they do this right, it doesn't matter who the bad guy is at the top. 
when Darby finally gets his shot, it's going to be enormous. Again, I, I don't know if I don't know if they're setting him for the top guy. I think they're just trying to make him a household name right now. Mm-hmm. And if well, it happens, it happens. Yeah. yeah, if it happens, it happens. So, um, I, I was rather impressed with the three quarters coffin drop. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Darby apparently has legs of a superhuman. Because he just catapults himself backwards into a coffin drop that basically covers, like Brian just said, three quarters of the ring. I mean, damn, what a leap! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Uh, it was like, whoa, look at that! By the way, that's a whole lot of trust. That's a whole <laughs> lot of trust fall right there. Please catch me properly. Please let me land. Please. Because like you're you're going backwards. And you ain't seeing shit until you hit that ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, um, really dug this match. I like that they're building both guys properly. And I feel like regardless of the fact that Sammy lost, going into Dynamite, this actually gave him momentum. So the next thing that he does is going to matter more, all that much more. Hmm. Let's go to what many people would may have considered to be not just match of the night, but quite possibly match of the year. And that is the tag team championship between the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Oh my God. What a damn tag match. And Brian, how many times did I say I've never seen anything like this in the, in the corner to corner chat? I know I had to have said it at least twice. Yeah, you said you said it a few times. You you definitely fallen on it a few times. Yeah, I was blown away. I've I've seen tag team wrestling that I absolutely loved. I mean, the Hard Foundation, the Road Warriors, the Rockers, which is my all time favorite. Um, tag team wrestling is a big favorite of mine. But seeing the Young Bucks and Page and Omega last night was just like holy crap. They made Lucha Libre references. They did. Hardcore references. They did um, throwbacks to cutting off the ring like the NWA tag teams used to do. I mean, this was just, wow. (laughs) I never knew, for example, I never knew the Young Bucks had this gear in them. I knew they were great tag team wrestlers, and I've seen them do some pretty amazing things. I never thought they had this level of intensity in them. So... Remember, oh, I don't know how many years ago it was where I started telling y'all about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. You you won't believe the Young Bucks and, you know, um, on ROH or in New Japan. And, you know, y'all got to see this stuff. This is crazy. And then I started talking Kenny Omega. Right? Yeah. I was telling y'all. And I, I was, you know, y'all probably thought that I was crazy or something. Because I was literally touting these guys from day from day one when, you know, when they went New Japan. Mm-hmm. Right? And, or ROH. And, 
I'm sure y'all got tired of hearing about it. But now you understand why. Now you're beginning to understand when I told y'all when AEW was first getting formed that this is going to be big because you're going to get matches like this. They don't just have a gear above other people. I mean, they literally are in the stratosphere compared to other people. Well, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. <laughs> and there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that can come out of the WWE. And I understand NXT has got some great tag team wrestling. And I understand NXT has got some great, great wrestlers. But even they cannot pull off some of the stuff the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega pulled off. And I don't know how Adam Page pulled it off, but he found a new gear last night also. Oh, yeah. Adam Page may be the sleeper wrestler of the year. Like, this guy could end this year as the top wrestler in the business, period. Just the way he's performing. And it's like a damn out-of-body experience watching these guys. <clears throat> Because they're doing some some of the craziest stuff you will ever, ever see in a wrestling ring. I mean, this is outside of combat zone and all that stupid, you know, staple gun to the head stuff. I'm talking, this stuff was crazy. I mean, I'm not a big fan of choreographed stuff to the point where you don't even make contact. But you're doing the flips and it still looks good. I'm just not a big fan of that. But what I saw last night between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks was just like, this is what it looks like when everybody is clicking on not just the same cylinder, but like a brand new damn engine. Because that's how good it looked last night. Mm-hmm. Well, even so, I know you brought up the choreographed stuff before. Mm-hmm. But at no point during this match... Did it have that look or feel? No, no, it really didn't. You're absolutely right on that. I mean, again, this is one of these matches that tells a story, much like Dustin and Cody. So the story is told from start to finish. And it's an easy story to read. But it turns out to be like this fable that you know is going to live down through generations. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's going to come a time in 10 years where you're like, hey, remember that Kenny Omega and Page versus the Young Bucks AEW match? Wasn't that awesome? You know, it's going to be that type of match when it's all yeah. said and done. And it's, I'm telling you, this is why I've been, so big on AEW, I've had arguments with people. You know as well as I do, especially in the chat. There have been non-believers. If this match doesn't make you a believer, you might as well just quit watching now. Because this is this is the start. 
I mean, they're going to keep ramping it up. They're going to keep putting on five-star matches. And I'm going to say it. That's a five-star match. There's no doubt in my mind. I think that with what what the stories that they told, like we had, we had the running story of can Kenny Omega trust Adam Page? That ran the entire night. Well, the entire match. You had the Young Bucks and their anger about how they didn't immediately ascend to the top of the tag team crew chain. There was that story. There was the is Kenny Omega, and I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently Kenny Omega has had some criticism in the past. Is Kenny Omega just dialing it in for AEW? Which, the answer after last night is a huge no. (laughs) Well, it's not. Um, So that criticism is not that he's dialing it in. The criticism is that he is supposed to be the best in the world, and yet he's not the world title holder. Right. And this comes more from people that don't understand how the long game is played. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the fans that want the gratification of Kenny Omega being AW, AEW champion now and forever. That's not, that's not the long game. You could do it. And your audience would probably only be about 500,000. Because once you put it on Omega, it's going to be hard to get it off of them. And, you know, this is long game business right here. <clears throat> and that's where the criticism is just like Cody. It's just like the Young Bucks. Oh, why aren't they champions? Well, that's not how, that's not how the story is taking place. And that's not how a business is run. You know, I mean, yes, we've seen in the past what happens, and that should be a warning to those same fans. We've seen in the past what happens to those guys that are in charge of the company that just say, you know what, I'm going to be champ today. And then maybe next week we'll make uh, we'll make the Bucks the champ. You know, we've seen what happens when that kind of stuff gets done. We know. So you would think that wrestling fans would have learned by now, but it's really alarming to see that because – Kenny Omega is legitimately one of the best in the business for a reason. And that, I never really thought that was called into question, but apparently, and this is something that Kenny Omega brought up on Twitter the other day, like that he had been accused of just not being at the top of his game or not being the best in the business because he's not AEW world champ. Frankly, that's just silly to me. I I was blown away by that whole thought process. Well, and again, it's because he's not champ. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the matches he's put on just in right. AEW. Him and Pac have been spectacular. Oh, my God. That I act, mean, like that legitimate. Man past Wednesday was tremendous. Yeah, legitimate five-star matches. And it's people just don't understand the long game. Right. And he can't necessarily come out and be, you know, just insulting to the fans you know, because it might turn people off. So he just has to be careful with what he says. Yeah, I mean, you get the feeling that there's 
just certain fans that just still aren't up to speed with what, frankly, with what just wrestling really is supposed to look like. I guess that's the way I should word that. It's because we have wrestling fans out there right now that just don't understand what it looks like when you have top quality talent, not just behind the scenes, but on the screen and making decisions that stretch beyond just that of what you're going to see tonight. And what we saw last night in this tag team match, though, was four guys that said, you know what, we're going to lay every single thing we have that we've ever done. We're going to put it all on the line and lay it out in the ring tonight and leave it there because that's exactly what they did. I mean, you had you had the, uh, what did they call it, the indie breaker or the indie driver? Mm-hmm. On the outside where they drop Paige with a uh, tombstone. The, basically, the Meltzer driver is what they have been calling it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they, I mean that's they, what I thought it was, but then they called it the Indy show. Probably because they're trying not to give Meltzer the rub on TV, which is <laughs> fine with me. I'm good with yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, there's that on the floor. There's the dynamic of Paige slapping the hell out of Matt Jackson in the face. Just the, this. And I told Brian about this earlier. You're If I'm these guys, we're going to go a lot of routes. You're going to hit me with a chair. I know. I'm going to bleed. I know. It's going to happen. But you're not spitting on me. <laughs> you're not hocking a loogie on my face. You're not going to make it look like you just had the time of your life on my face. It's not happening. (laughs) Well, I mean, if the story calls for a little lug, guess who's getting the lug? (laughs) It was one of those I was like, oh, uh." my kids are watching. They're like, daddy, did he just spit on him? I'm like, yeah. Don't you do it. He he just he just spat a big old loogie on him that's on his face right now. Yep, that's what that is. <laughs> We're all like, "Ew, that's gross." I'm like, "Yep." You know, and that actually made it. It's so funny that made it more fun. My son loves wrestling. He likes John Cena. He likes WWE. We watch Money in the Bank a ton of times. He loves it. He always laughs about how Braun Strowman buried Kevin Owens under a bunch of chairs and tables and ladders. But we're watching, and the first thing he says last night is, is this Money in the Bank? I'm like, no, son, this is going to be completely different. And then I'm watching him watch this tag match, and, like, every super kick that lands on Kenny Omega's face, which was a lot. And, and they looked know, bad. Yeah, how many times do you need to get your face knocked off before finally you're like, I'm going to sell this a little different. <laughs> Maybe not go face first into the boot. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, but it was almost it was almost like the last time they did it. The last time he got super kicked. By then, he was like literally selling each one worse than the one before. You know what I'm saying? So right, like the right. first one, he sells it a certain way. And then the second one, oh, he'll hold on to his face a little bit longer. And the third one is a little bit longer. It's like he's selling each individual one to make it look worse than the previous one. Well, my daughter, my nine-year-old, says, oh, you know wrestling's fake. This is before the tag match starts, right? 
She's like, oh, this is all fake. They don't really hit each other. In the middle of this match, and this is how you know they got him. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like, it sucked her in. It sucked her in, and she was sold. Like, it was the coolest part. Like, Kenny Omega selling that super kick, by the way, which, you know, wasn't much selling having to do with it. It's just her face and just got kicked. It was like, she's like, oh, ooh, he kicked him. Daddy, he kicked him in the face. Dad. And I'm like, yes. This is awesome. And it made it even better. <laughs> That's so, how you know I mean, wrestling is just doing something magic. Yeah, it was great, though, that you had so much emotion to yeah. the point that the crowd... So at first, they kind of boo the Jacksons a little bit. Mm-hmm. But by the end, it's almost to the point of Hogan and the Rock that there's a legit turn on the Bucks. Right, right. That if AW wanted to, they could use it and turn the Bucks bad, and everybody would know why they turned bad. Well, and that that would have been all of the stories that we've hypothesized in the past few weeks, whether it was Paige that turns on Omega or Omega that turns on the Bucks. Any of those that would have laid out last night would have been perfect. Don't get me wrong. But the way they just stretched it actually made me want to see it more. And that's exactly what they want. Yeah. How about... Okay. How about I was gonna say? How about Omega kicking out at at a one count when oh. they did the, the stereo super kick, and the crowd goes ballistic when he stands up and dares yeah. him to do it again. When, when was the last time you ever heard a one having that crowd reaction? It was crazy. So the, I said earlier that it was like a roller coaster ride of a of a night. And you could tell that the way they laid this card out was we want to take you to the very top and dip you down and back up to the top and dip you down emotionally. And damn if they didn't do that. Maybe a little too much because we'll talk about it in the women's match. But they had the crowd quiet. It was dead quiet at this point. They thought the Bucks are winning. It's done. And when Omega kicks out at one and every single person in that arena is on their feet, I'm like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> it was like, okay, we've got a real party going on right now because it was ridiculous. I've never yeah. seen anything like that, ever. No, I, I, I don't recall ever, yeah, again, on a one count. Right, right. Because even like, the 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 best matches, even when they used to kick out on a one count all the time, mm-hmm. it never, to my recollection, ever drew that type of um, reaction. It reminded me of so Hulk Hogan at the top of his game, when he would Hulk up, you would hear the crowd explode as if. I don't know, as if everybody orgasmed all at the same time. It was like everyone in a standing ovation kind of loud cheering. That's how good Hogan was at that time. 
the last time something like that happened, and, and you said it earlier, which is a great parallel, Hogan and The Rock, where Hogan kicks out of The Rock bottom, and all of a sudden the crowd, after 15, 20 minutes, is on their feet again because of the fact that the match is still going on. And that was just it. When, when Omega did that, we still had another five, maybe six minutes of wrestling to go. That was the craziest part. Because after the mm-hmm. abuse that Omega took that entire matchup, I mean, wow. Yeah. I, I, it, so, if you want to learn ring psychology, I'd watch that match. Because that match, like, had everything. Mm-hmm. Good guys turning bad, you know, the the look of pure anger, um, just like legit, like I hate your guts. Mm-hmm. And even though you know that's not true, you believed it. Yeah. Um. God, it was it was so crazy. It was a great tag team match. And by the end of it, did you care who won? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still cared. Um, I probably, and you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Bucks. I've been a fan of the Bucks forever and a day. But, I mean, they had me at the point where I was like, yeah, you need to smack Matt Jackson in the face one more time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well. well you, you go on like, page, you just smack that little punk, you know? <laughs> Adam Page gets in the ring and he says, this is what I'm going to do. And he slaps the taste out of his mouth. Like three different points. I'm like, what the fuck? You can't keep doing that. <laughs> Sooner yeah. or later, this guy's going to lose his shit, you know, because of that. It's just, like, yeah. it was crazy. I mean, but, but think about it. So you got an actual legit, like, wears the t-shirts and, you know, has been touting them for years. Legit Jackson fan, right? Mm -hmm. Jackson's fan. And like, even I wanted to turn on them. (laughs) It was, I mean, they, they pulled off a great match involving ring psychology. And it was, it was the, the, the greatest thing to watch, I think, just to see it. Uh, and, and again, it reminds me of Hogan and The Rock. Yeah, that type really of it really does. The crowd is organic turn, and you know, you just you're glued to the set. You're watching everything that happens, and you're buying it all. You, you're just getting so sucked up into it. You can't turn away. Well, and that's the, perhaps that's the craziest part, is watching watching two tag teams that, frankly, have, in my opinion, no business at that role, right? After all the stuff we've heard, and that's the only reason I say it that way, no business at that position of the card, right? They come out there and they say, oh, yeah, screw you, we're going to outshine everyone and damn if they didn't (laughs) yeah but so i don't think the placement on the card is a big deal anymore 
And you can thank the WWE for that. Um, I mean, where, where else would you put him? You can't put that in front of the main event. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, I don't, you wouldn't have gotten the main event reaction out of them following that. I mean, it doesn't matter where you put that. I mean, the, anybody that comes after them is doomed for failure. Very true. Very true. We're going to talk about that here in just a second because I, I'm glad that you actually are the one that brought that up because. I was curious which one of us would say it first. <laughs> the match that follows this tag team championship match, you, regardless of what or how you brought it, and I don't care how good you are, you can't tone down that matchup at all. You don't have a choice. You just can't. That's going to be balls to the wall the entire time. And you should know it. So when your crowd actually sees what you're doing by the time you get to the next matchup, you should have known right then and there, yeah, we screwed. <laughs> because you go into the women's championship match following what, I, and I'm sure that uh, Meltzer's going to call it match of the year candidate. Hell, it might actually win. Um, I think when you do that and you see, like, Hangman just, just teasing, hitting the buckshot on Omega, and then... Getting that? Did you see? Did you notice that little half smile he gave? Like ah, I was just playing, you know. Like I was. This guy, Adam Page, and, and we joke about him a ton. Like I, I see, I do it all the time. This is what I'm doing and all that. But Adam Page might be the smartest guy in wrestling right now because the way he has learned how to tease certain nuances and just leave it out there is pretty flawless, and it's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I think he's good at what he does. Very much so. Very much so. And I think that your earlier prediction that Paige may be the guy that takes the title off off of the off of Moxley might actually come to fruition a lot sooner than we think. Which I'm okay with. I I'm the guy that said they should have put it on Paige to start with. I still kind of feel like that, except for the fact that. You wouldn't have what you have with AEW right now, in my opinion, if Jericho wasn't your first champ. You needed someone to take the lead as the bad guy that everyone hates and yet everyone loves in a guy like Chris Jericho before you could really do anything else. But we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to the main event. Women's Championship, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander. Um, actually, I guess I should do it this way. Before we get to the women's match, anything else you want to say about the tag match? No, but uh, I say move on. We're running out of time. Wow, you're right. Damn. We spent a lot of time <laughs> on the tag match. Jeez. Okay, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. You knew this wasn't going to be a long matchup, and perhaps this match was a little bit too long. Um, we'll just go go straight into it. Did they make the right call by Nyla Rose retaining last night? Uh, probably. Again, long game. What's the long game? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I think Statlander's one that they, she can get the title off of Nyla anytime she wants. And it can be, it'll be believable. Um, so now that she stacks, now that you see how she stacks up to her, you know, it can be dealt with somewhere down the line. But I think this is probably where they wanted to go at the start. But due to the controversy, they probably said, well, let's not go this route. And I think she'll get her run now. Let her have it. Nothing wrong with it. And then somewhere down the line, it'll somebody else will get it. I feel like Nyla Rose is very talented and deserving of her championship run right now. But I feel like she's a placeholder probably for Statlander. Um, and then at that point, I'll say this thus far, and it doesn't mean that they can't improve, but I feel like... Some of the criticism from fans has been correct that the women's division is the part of AEW that needs the most work. But when I say that, I want to say that I'm not saying that it's a bad division. I'm just saying that, yeah, I could see, excuse me, I could see why people would say that the improvement is needed on that division. But I wouldn't hold last night's matchup against him. Well, I mean, again, I think it's most people forget what wrestling is and when a 98 pound female um, is holding your world title and beating I don't know what Nyla weighs in at um, you know again a lot of people forget it's pro wrestling it's yeah. sports entertainment it's it's okay to have stuff like that happen and you can go to bed at night and it'll be okay <laughs> And, you know, I, I think that's just where we are. Yeah. So and I, I, I think don't, that with, with Nyla, you have someone you can trust in that range. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with their division. Does it need work? Sure. But, I mean, all their divisions need work. You know, they're, they're still relatively new. What, six months in? F that. I do want to see another title get introduced. I don't know what that title is going to be called. I don't know if it's a U.S. title, North American, Intercontinental. I called it a TV title. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of would lean that way too. I think the TV title is a smart bet. Um, but I think what you've done right now is you've established your mid card. You've established your main event. So it's time for a mid card title. I, I really think. So. Well, um, let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just <laughs> we're gonna. You know, it's going to be, oh, we got to go, you know, if we don't get a move on. So I don't trying to keep you in line. I got you. I I don't think any match would have been would have been done justice by being positioned after the tag title match. So let it be said with that. That's how I'll end my opinion of the women's title match. Yeah, I'm Rhodes. Go ahead. I, I don't either. There's no match that could have followed that, especially on the card. Yeah. And I mean, even the world title match for for as good as it was, there's no way they could have followed that. Well, it, I'll say it later, <laughs> but the the world title match even paled in comparison. But we'll go into that more. Cody and MJF was next. I really like this match. I'm <laughs> maybe this is MJF doing what MJF is supposed to do, but. I 
wasn't happy with MJF being the winner on this, and maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe I just didn't catch up fast enough, but I thought this matchup would help to solidify Cody and maybe position him towards... Because I still think it's a mistake to have Cody not in the title position. Um, title running, anyway. But this matchup was a great, uh, was a great grudge match. I, I think it had a, a few things that were going on that didn't need to. Like, if the spot with Arn Anderson doesn't happen, I'm fine with that. We don't need to see Arn getting a kick to the face if he's not going to do anything about it. Um, unless it's planting the seeds for later, I guess. Maybe. I think it's... I think it's probably plant the seeds for later. But we had, I mean, we had blood. Blood was drawn from Cody to MJF. Um, I think with this matchup, and I dug the fact, like, Steve Amell was out there in the Nightmare uh, entourage. Uh, it, it was cool to get that UFC kind of fight feel, but this matchup... I, I liked the build to the match, but this matchup wasn't necessarily my favorite. Um, yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think they probably put too much into it. I mean, I understand, I guess, why. Because, again, AEW is big into storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think if the Arn Anderson, because you were, I mean, Leading up to it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to see Arn turn or Arn's going to turn or whatever. And I just don't think it would have made sense because to me, it would have been the same thing that happened to Cody versus uh, Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this gives it away to, you know, maybe in a month or so have Arn turn, especially if with somebody new coming in. If they, you know, if if they have somebody new, uh, maybe it happens this week with Archer. Who knows? Hmm. Interesting. That's right. Uh, Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk, part of the Killer Elite Squad, New Japan, famous former New Japan Tag Champion uh, Lance Archer, being signed by AEW this past week. Uh, MJF comes up hitting uh, hitting Cody with. The ring to the, the top ring. of the head. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. While MJF winning definitely solidifies his role as a top heel, and I'm cool with that, I thought the ring was stupid. I really did. I'm like, come on. You can do better than that. Let's do something else. But I just didn't like the ring. Well, I, I think, again, it's, so there was speculation that one way Cody gets back in the title picture is mm-hmm. with the ring. So... Well, how how are we going to get the ring from MJF? We'll have him use it. And then Cody can come back, well, you wouldn't have beat me without that ring. You know, let's put the ring up on a pole or whatever. Oh, okay. And then he cashes the ring in at a later point. Now that, that's masterfully done. This is why Brian should be writing these stories. <laughs> well, not really, but, you know, that's just my opinion. I think it's a good opinion. I'm in favor of that one. You may have a a thousand failures, but that's a victory, sir. (laughs) Really? What? A thousand failures, huh? All right, a hundred. All right. I I mean, this match was what it was. It wasn't awful by any stretch, but um, 
like I'll the, tell you what's awful though was that neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, you and apparently everybody else on Twitter hated this neck tattoo. What's with that? Why did you like this tattoo? Um, call it the positioning, call it the color scheme, call it whatever you like, but I'm not a fan of that neck tattoo. Wow. No love for the dream tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> or the, the nightmare tattoo. Because it wasn't like dream tattoo. Okay. Put it somewhere else. I'd probably be okay with it. But think- not the neck. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I think Cody has mastered the art of the John Cena walk of shame where he's apologizing to the fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By the way, I hate that. I, I hate that he would apologize for losing. It's not like they, uh, you know, it's not like it was his career on the line. Let's not dress it up too much, Cody. Jesus. Hey, listen, that's why the fans love. Very true. I mean, it. It keeps him engaged. I, I just thought it was stupid, but that's just me as one guy, right? So, again, I think the crowd in this matchup, even though they were on their feet towards the latter half, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I felt like the crowd was still a little dead from the tag match when it came to this matchup. But by the finish, the crowd was fully invested. Yeah. I mean, again, there was a lot that went into this, so yeah, it wasn't hard to pull them back in. It was so, hard to get them to that level again, but it wasn't hard to pull them back in. Well, we would see the crowd come back to that level with the next matchup, and that was a match that I really never thought we'd ever talk about on Corner to Corner, and that's Pac versus Orange Cassidy. All right, on the surface, I'm like, okay, so Pac's going to basically chunk them out in the first minute. Like, I just figured that was how it was going to end. I figured it was going to be, all right, we're going to get the kicks, the comedy spot. But for a long time, I said Orange Cassidy is the guy that when he fires up is going to blow the roof off. And damn if he didn't. So we get the comedy at the beginning, and Pac is frustrated and, you know, like, mad that he's making a joke of him. And the next thing we know, Orange Cassidy goes from Weekend at Bernie's to uh, Fast and Furious. Like, holy crap. I I didn't even know this guy could do half of the stuff he did. And the DDTs he hit, either either Pac is a masterful performer in selling the devastation from a DDT, or, or these DDTs are just damn dangerous because... That leaping DDT that Orange Cassidy does from the top rope, man, that should put people in the hospital. I think Pac is probably kind of somewhere near the level of Omega, Mm -hmm. and we just haven't seen it yet. As far as, like, he knows how to sell, he is willing to sell, He's willing to put you over, and he's a ring technician, right? I think Pat coming from England is probably into the ring psychology a little bit more. And he knows, well, if I stick this DDT 
it's going to, you know, work in Orange's favor. And ultimately, that's what you want to do. You know, you got to get yourself and your part and your opponent over. And I, I think Pack understands that. Have you seen Orange Cassidy perform perform before he got the AEW? No. Even even what I've seen, it's the hands in the pocket kicking thing. Yeah. So, holy shit. What kind of guy do we have in AEW? Orange Cassidy very quickly could be the top guy, period, in AEW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once he, especially if he, like, legit wrestles one match. Mm-hmm. Like, forget the whole hands in the pocket thing. Maybe somebody needs to pants him or something. And, oh or, rip, or, you know, cut the, cut the pants off of him or something and force him to wrestle. Him? Why would you say that? Well, yeah, but force him to wrestle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then he can actually wrestle. And I I think he would become a legit, like you could be like, oh, yeah, once Orange Cassidy gets a world title shot, he's going to win. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, and, and that's what we saw just last night was here's a guy that nobody saw coming. Maybe for good reason. I mean, you just – the speed of which he snapped from, you know, the comedy Orange Cassidy to an Orange Cassidy we have never seen. Well, maybe we, as in Brian and I, have never seen – Maybe some of y'all wrestling fans out there have been like, y'all idiots. We've known this guy exists. We, I had no damn idea. And the next thing I know, he's all over the ring. And, I'm, and Brian, you said it last night, just about how fast this mm. guy is. I mean, damn. It's like watching somebody run at full speed the entire match. Yeah, he is fast. He is like lightning fast. The new Flash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's that fast, but he's fast. He's got part. He's part of the speed force. He's part of the yeah. orange. The orange force. That's what we're going to call yeah, it. The orange speed force. <laughs> I might buy that. <laughs> I mean, the crowd was chanting, this is wrestling. When they're doing the, the hands in the pockets thing, they're chanting freshly squeezed. They're, I mean, this guy doesn't have to do anything. For the crowd to eat it up. They really don't. Yeah, that, I think that made the match fun to watch. So out of all the matches, I think this was the funnest to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and this was true to form. This was a roller coaster, right? You start mm. off, you're laughing, it's funny, then it's exciting, and you're like, then it's emotional because now Pack is beating the crap out of them. Then it's exciting again, and you're like, holy cow, who is this guy? And then it's funny because he's rolling out of the ring. Then it's sad because he gets choked out. I mean, it was, in and of itself, a roller coaster of a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I can't, I, 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 I want to say that's the one of the funnest matches I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Not to be... It's different than the tag match, which was exciting in its own right, but that was a thing of beauty. Whereas yeah. this was just at its heart fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> some would say I laughed, I cried. I mean, it was it was actually a very well thought out match. Kudos to whoever the agent was for this match because what a great plan to have. Now we mm. get to the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, and honestly, outside of the women's title match, this might have been the match that left me scratching my head the most. <clears throat> that what? That left me scratching my head the most. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, but did it feel to you that Jericho just was not at the level that he should be for this match? The way the story was told, it just didn't seem like Jericho was there. I'm not tracking that one. Um... I thought it was a good match. Um, again, you have two different styles, opposing styles. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe um, maybe you tried to fit too much into it. Yeah. Um, but. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't. I didn't put too much expectation into it because I didn't want to come up short. Um, but it's to me it was what I what I would expect because uh, you had the outside interference by the inner circle. Um, you had the uh, gouge in the head, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that yeah, apparently that is customary. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think, I'm I think the story was, when he did that, do what? I'm guessing he cut his fingers when he did that, by the way. Uh, no, I think that comes from the ring bell. Um, because I don't think he's cut before that. And then when he gets put into the little announce table, if you go back and watch it, that bell kind of pops up and then hits him right about the spot. He gets cut. Um, that's not a, I mean, that's a gash. Like that is, and it's deep too. So I don't see, I mean, unless he just butchered that blade job, I think he comes from the ring bell. Cool. Whatever it was, the gash on the on the front of his forehead was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, because <laughs> and the other thing too is if you go back and watch, right? If you go back and watch, as soon as that bell hits him in the head and falls off, he immediately goes for his face. And you can just see it start to pour out. And I'm almost positive he gets caught with the corner. Um, because if you look at it, it's kind of a weird little shape, mm-hmm. not quite an L, but almost an L where I think it's the corner of the ring bell that, that caught him. Well, and that's, that's true because he takes that power bomb and, and by the way, I don't know if Jericho was ready for that power bomb or not, but damn, did you see how Moxley like almost reached up and cradled Jericho's neck to make sure he had the proper like leverage to take that to take that power bomb because he really I mean Moxley 
almost rolls himself into a ball just to take that move. And when he goes through that table, Jericho is spent, and he goes backwards. <laughs> Moxley is, just like Brian laid out, just laying there as everything is collapsing on his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was pretty quick, but I, I did notice that. Yeah, but but again, if, if you have the ability to go back and watch it, mm-hmm. watch that whole spot again, and you can tell that as, as he's going towards the... Um, uh, going towards the table, he's not bleeding. Right. And it's only until the table or the ring bell, excuse me, falls on his face that he is, he starts to bleed. And it's almost immediate after the bell comes off that he's like, oh shit. Yeah. I did like the. Um, eye patch coming off and all of a sudden we get the story unfolding that Moxley has fooled you. Moxley's been able to see the entire time. I liked how they waited and waited for that until the ending because when that happened for me as as a fan of John Moxley but as a fan of wrestling in general that was great storytelling. And mm-hmm. that speaks volumes for the kind of respect that that Moxley and Jericho has to the business in general to keep that until the last moment because that's got to be a challenge even if it's you know somewhat thin and you can see through it that's got to be hard to pull off well again especially in this match if mm-hmm. you go back and watch how many times either he's adjusting it or the yeah. ref is adjusting it or I mean there were like so many people that literally had their hands on it Mm-hmm. And we're like moving it back into place because I guess the blood was making it slide all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere after he goes to that table, um, the blood that's pouring out of his head. And this was the problem. You can see there's a moment where Aubrey Edwards, who, by the way, did a tremendous job. Great referee. She is. Um, Aubrey is leaning down to Moxley and Moxley realizes that he's not bleeding properly. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he's like, um, he says, flick it. And she's Boy, like, what? She like Yeah, and then he backwards. flicks it. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. He just flicks his forehead as hard as he could. And I'm like, oh, why would you do that? And then all of a sudden, blood is like pouring out of his head. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's why he did it. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was the subtleties of this match were really well laid out. And I'm, I'm glad even though I was kind of hesitant to think that he would win it, I'm glad that John Moxley won the title. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he won, too. And, you know, I've said it before. I, I wasn't a Dean Ambrose fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely sold on, on being a Moxley fan. But I do like where his character is going mm-hmm. in AEW. And I am glad that he did win the title. I think it was a good transition off of Jericho. Um, I think it'll be interesting now to see what happens next. I think it'll play out on uh, March 25th. Um, Something tells me the inner circle and Moxley and his crew will be in the match beyond. Blood Um, and guts. Yeah, so 
But again, I, I think it's okay if we if Jericho loses the title now. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens when he becomes the chase for a while. Um, you know, again, he's he's many people think he might be the greatest of all time at this point. So let's see what happens when he chase. And um, let's see how the inner circle responds to this. I was I was into Jericho up into a point. I like how the fans are attached to him. I like the singing of his theme. I like the the chorus at the very beginning of the of the pay per view matchup between him and Moxley, where you know he has the choir out there and they're singing. I was like, oh wow, you want to take the crowd out of it? Let's do this. Let's slow the music down. Let's make them sing it. And they did. At first, the crowd was like, they tried and they couldn't keep up. They couldn't do it. So they kind of stopped and they did exactly what they wanted. But then, you know, Jericho comes out. They chime his music. The crowd's into it. They dug it. Um, And then Moxley at the end, you know, is on the microphone doing a typical, hey, you know, it's all because of you fans that we're we're here. (laughs) And in true John Moxley fashion, you know, they start to cut away to his music, and he's like, "What the f?" <laughs> I mean, it was it was a pretty good moment for wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I I'm gonna have to say though, I thought they told a good story too. It's like so from start to finish, um, with this whole with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So when Moxley first shows up to Last night, I thought they've told a really good story between them, um, which is refreshing, you know, because a lot of times you see stories that literally go nowhere or make no sense and you can't buy into it. And I mean, I could buy into this, you know, I Jericho makes me want to hate him. You know, Jericho makes me want to root for Moxley. Um, Moxley does and says all the right things to make me want to root for him. So I enjoyed the story, the whole overall story. Yeah, I mean, the, the way they laid it out, the way this whole played out on television was perfect. And with seeing... Like I really, like I said, I really liked how they saved Moxley being able to see into the very last minute. Like I loved that, and I like subtlety in wrestling. I love subtlety because it's the subtleties that separate you from everybody else. And what they did was they made you pay for it. You know what I mean? Like they made you wait for that moment and when it happened and it did happen the right way it was oh shit like wow he's okay he fooled everybody you know it was it was a great moment and it played off really well mm-hmm. yeah I mean again I, I think it was just the right story for the right time and mm-hmm. I think it worked out for him so with with what we saw last night, AEW Revolution, John Moxley is the new heavyweight champion. Tag team champion still the same in the way of Hangman Page 
and Kenny Omega. Women's champion is Nyla Rose. Could AEW be any closer to actually stepping up the game in professional wrestling in general? Mm, I mean, the bar's been set by them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they're they're trying to make believers in their, you know, they're they're the place to be. So we'll see on Wednesday if the numbers start to shift anymore. <laughs> you know, we'll see if somebody watched Revolution that had never watched AEW before, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden has to flip on. Uh, you know, Wednesday night. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that, that likes watching both sides, right? I don't mind watching both AEW and NXT. I'm okay with that. But after watching Revolution last night, I can 100% see why fans would say, you know what, screw this, there's better wrestling on, I'll wait till Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I can honestly see it, because it makes sense. It just makes sense. It doesn't mean that immediately I'm canceling the network and never watching WWE again. Of course, WrestleMania is coming. I'm going to watch WrestleMania. You know, I'm not I'm not just devoid of wrestling in general. But the bottom line is what AEW did last night was they said, screw you, we can do it better, we can do it our way. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, Moxley hit the nail on the head and it's just like I've said for some time it's pro wrestling it is not sports entertainment and that's the difference sports entertainment is not working right now pro wrestling is that's what yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, that's why New Japan works. That's why ROH works. That's why, to some extent, Impact works. Well, and and also that's why when you pay your money for a fifty dollars pay per view, right? You know that you're getting your money's worth. And this is what I wanted to close this out with. I paid fifty bucks for AEW Revolution last night, and I have no problem with that. You want to know why? Because if I want to go back and watch it again, here's the coolest part. I can, anytime I want. Breacher Report Live had a tremendous presentation of this pay-per-view. And if I want to watch this pay-per-view at 3 o'clock in the morning and four days from now, I can. Because I paid the money for it, and I can watch it then. They had maybe one instance of any kind of streaming problem. And even that was barely an issue. So I got to say, and this is from a guy that is most times in a WWE kind of frame of mind. I got to say that AEW made everybody out there stand up and take notice and made wrestling fans in general realize that, um, hey, the game has especially officially changed and everybody Everybody from WWE on down had better take notice because if they deliver another pay per view like that, 
Not that WWE is going to close the doors tomorrow, but when I say it, I mean it. It's over. Like the competition, there is none. Because all you have to do is watch what they're doing. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it. So you have so many loyal fans, mm-hmm. right? That are just so loyal to the WWE. It's crazy. And that's why I call them bobbleheads. Oh, there's AEW bobbleheads, too. No, not like drinking the Kool-Aid of the WWE. All right, so listen, when I tell you, and again, you know about me and bobbleheads, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get on Mm -hmm. high horses sometimes, right? But when you have people that get on their Facebook and say, I love AEW, but I cannot watch it. Because the two champs you have had are former WWE guys. That's the WWE bobblehead who's just trying to cause waves. Mm-hmm. I love AEW. I love AEW. But I can't watch it because, oh, both Jericho and Moxley have been in the WWE. Are you kidding me? So you're telling me you love it, but you can't watch it. Yeah, I mean, but there's, I don't you have get no that. problem watching Raw or SmackDown mm-hmm. when those guys have come from all over the place. Uh, it, think, it's just, but you get you get stupid things like that, and until well, the bobbleheads realize that hey, there's something better out there, and they force the WWE to change. They're going to be in for a world of hurt. And I'm glad that you're, some people are starting to finally realize what I've said. I'm not saying that maybe they don't go out of business, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to lose one or two shows. Well, and this is the thing. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, um, and then, of course, main event and whatever other special or show that they're taping. The, the thing that we are seeing right now, I mean, WWE just had Superstar Showdown, or Super Showdown, rather. And, you know, Goldberg beats The Fiend. Now, I think we've all agreed that The Fiend is probably the best cre- created character WWE's had in a long time. Yes. Not that I have any real disrespect for Goldberg, and I'm kind of a Goldberg guy. I kind of like him. But it makes no sense to me to have Goldberg beat The Fiend. Why? Well, what the hell? So <clears throat> let's let's not just use the fiend. Let's use Bray Wyatt. Okay. The most over character you have had since he came up from NXT. Mm-hmm. Even on NXT, he was one of your most over characters. Right. Very this true. guy goes from Husky Harris <laughs> to Husky. Bray Wyatt to now the fiend, the most over ridiculous thing the WWE has put out in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with them? You shit on them every step of the way to the point that you do not schedule 
your WrestleMania match for SmackDown. Unlike Raw, we've known Raw since January. Mm-hmm. Right? The, yeah, the Rumble, January. You leave it up in the air. And then your rumors start flying around that, well, we're going to give the title to Goldberg and we're going to make Goldberg and Roman Reigns the match at WrestleMania because we just don't think that Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns are going to put butts in the seats. Hmm. Which, which to me is doubly insulting. So if you're yes. Roman Reigns fans, you you should be pissed because Reigns is now facing Goldberg. No, and well, if no. you're a Bray Wyatt fan, you should be pissed because Bray Wyatt now is going to be facing John Cena and doesn't have the belt. But if you're a Roman Reigns fan, you should be excited because you know the guy that shouldn't be world champion is about to be champion again. That's true. Yeah, I can the see guy, that. The guy that has logged in a few of the worst Raws ever as world champion. Right? The guy that gets booed every time he holds that belt. The guy that they generally dislike because you've crammed them down their throats oh so many years. Mm-hmm is now about to be your champion again. Well, and here's the thing. At Mania, <laughs> you know what is going to happen with Mania, right? Yes. They're, they're going to get their wish, at least in the short term, because I think Night After Mania is going to backfire. <laughs> but at least in the short term, I think they're going to get people to cheer for Roman because they don't want Goldberg. You know, and then I, I think the night after Raw, I think they're going to end up seeing, seeing exactly what happened when he beat The Undertaker and then just see him get booed out of the building. I am completely opposite. I think they're going to get it from Jump Street with oh, Roman like, Reigns. Like right, right from Mania? I think he beforehand? is going to be booed like never before at Mania. Because you are, again, telling the fans, right? So you tell the fans up until this point, well, you matter, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you do matters. Who you come see, who you, the merchandise, all this stuff matters to us. You are ultimately the ones that tell us to dictate this. And again, the fiend is over. But in this case, oh, man, we just don't think that he's going to cut it in the main event at WrestleMania. So we're going to have to bring in some guy that nobody knows in Goldberg. Because nobody knows who he is, right? Nobody remembers his incredible streak. Your audience wasn't even alive back or, you know, around back then to watch wrestling. But you're going to have them. You you care for the little teeny boppers, the kids. You know, oh, God, we got to we got to make some flashy match. So let's bring in the 50 year old who, again, nobody knows. Most of us remember the last match 
against The Undertaker, mm-hmm. which was a pure shit show. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I, I like Roman Reigns. But I would have much rather seen Reigns versus versus The Fiend. Even though, even though him winning would have pissed off fans even worse. I do agree on that. If Roman had beat The Fiend at WrestleMania, there would have been a freaking mutiny unlike any other. Because, I mean, you just know what happened. But here's, here's the thing. You can't expect your fan base to just do every single time, because they haven't yet, by the way, for the past four or five years, to just do what you think they're going to do because you think, oh, this is a great trick. This is going to work. Because it hasn't. That's the problem. It hasn't. And you still haven't learned your lesson. You still got a guy that's running the XFL who, by the way, as much as the football is pretty good with the XFL, because it is, the ratings have gone down every single week. And as you get further and further along, as you get closer to the end of that season, the ratings are going to end up being what ultimately kills out the XFL 2.0 again. You still got the guy responsible for that in charge of your company. You're making the same mistakes. Yeah, everybody that's out there right now trying to compete with you, they're going to eat your lunch. And yeah, a company like AEW, who's done nothing but smack you in the balls for the past, I don't know, since October, I guess, you're you're screwed up. And you deserve to get smacked around because for right now, what you're doing is the it's the it's the mistake. It's the wrong move. Well, I, I think ultimately now he's going to punish people, right? And I'm not talking like his employees. I think he's going to punish the fans. I think they know what's going to happen with Roman Reigns, right? I think they know that this is going to be the most booed, vilified, crapped on main event Mania's ever seen. And I think deep down inside, this is another instance where Vince McMahon says, no, we're going to do it my way because I know this is what you want to see. Right. And even though you tell me you don't, I know you do. And I'm going to make sure you watch it. And I'm going to make sure that you cheer or whatever. I think this is Vince's way of saying, you know what? Screw you fans. You don't know nothing. Go watch your AEW. But we're going to put Roman Reigns back in the main event because, by God, that's where I think he belongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's so much, like, what what the hell is going on right now? Like, I watched Super Showdown. I had it on while I was working, kind of in the background. And I'm, I'm watching some of these different matches. Like, you know what? I'm okay with Miz and Morrison winning the tag titles. That's fine with me. Um, the matchup between Bailey and Naomi, that was actually pretty good. wasn't bad. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, why are we doing what we're doing right now? Like, The Fiend and Goldberg. Okay, fine. So... Goldberg is a legend. I get that. And Goldberg is supposed to be unstoppable. I can understand that. 
But the unstoppable needs to stop right at the feet. There's going to be a guy that should stop everybody except maybe that It should always be that way. Goldberg was that way until he lost to Kevin Nash. And now the Fiend is that way, or at least was, until what either should have been Roman Reigns or someone. But I do think that Goldberg was a mistake. I think that was a big mistake, and I think what will happen at Mania, if Mania happens the way that they're saying it is, um, I think it's a mistake. And the reason I say that it feels like a mistake in the other regard is because Goldberg and and Roman Reigns and The Fiend and John Cena as it's planned right now may only happen for a smaller live audience because this freaking coronavirus is possibly threatening the attendance of WrestleMania and the potential for the event actually coming off as planned. I mean, it's mania. They could do it in an empty arena. <laughs> would, would, how crazy would that be? WrestleMania in an empty arena. Would it I mean, they could, they could always pipe in the cheers and the booze and everything else. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they do it any other time. Why not? Now? Yeah. I mean, do it in front of a green screen. You can even put the audience in there. Oh my God! A CGI WrestleMania. <laughs> well, I mean, the hell they did it with Justice League. Why not? <laughs> um, that would be crazy. I mean, it'll work. I mean, we did have a, a world title match in the empty arena one time. Why couldn't we do Mania? Oh, that's right. Halftime Heat. That's right. It was an empty mm-hmm. arena match. It was, yeah. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, I mean, so it's either that or lose all that money. So we talked a little bit about it, and I'm sure you heard as the music was going, and we're going to close out on this. WWE Elimination Chamber, which is coming up on March 8th, had had been sending out posters and flyers with the Elimination Chamber match for the men being a six-man elimination chamber match where the winner gets a shot at the universal title. Well, apparently, according to the Observer, uh, wrestling fans at SmackDown House Show in Elmira, New York, reports are that WWE heavily advertised Bray Wyatt in the local media, and he ended up not being used. Instead, instead it came up where um, they ended up highlighting The Miz instead. Fans were upset. Apparently, this is because of the fact that the chamber match was scrapped and changed to a tag team elevation chamber match. And uh, apparently, according to the Observer, this has been quite the uh, quite the displeasure with wrestling fans. Well, I mean, again, it only makes sense. I mean, Roman was in the match, right? Mm-hmm. And it was te- it was advertised as. Winner gets a shot at the universal title, which coincidentally is the title that Goldberg won. So why not go through with your plans? Mm-hmm. And it would all worked out the same way. And you quite possibly would have built some good heat for it. Would you have been okay with, with, 
Roman winning the Elimination Chamber and then facing Goldberg? Or does no. It still, are you no. like me? Are you still? Does it still make no sense? Listen, I have told you time and time and time again. Just because you can be world champion doesn't mean you should. Right, and I get that. But aside from aside from your personal opinion of Roman Reigns, it's the rest. It's not a personal is, opinion. It is based in fact. He is raked in some of the lowest rated Raws, SmackDowns, that they've had in recent history. Right? You yourself, as a Roman Reigns fan, have been, uh, I'm not keen on Roman Reigns right now. Because he doesn't bring anything for me. Mm-hmm. Look at what John Cena did to him, right? He is being force-fed because he miss, he is missing the it factor. Well, Don't get I mean, me wrong. The kids love him because he's a WWE superstar. But the reason that everybody else boos him, because he doesn't have it. See, that's that's a way of opinion. That's just like me saying that Chris Jericho, while a great heel on top of the AEW food chain, is only there because of other people. That's an so opinion. You, I don't think that that's You really... tell me, you tell me what other good guy gets booed, not the boos that John Cena gets because we're playing along with John Cena. But just straight up gets booed. You I mean, tell me what other good guy. I don't have an answer for that. But I also So think what you're that... telling me is it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of all those other people that I'm not at the arena to boo them. But I, all honestly, those other people. Honestly, and this is why I love bringing it up the way I do. Because I think that it is a hot-button issue for people. There's always going to be somebody that's at the top that someone doesn't like, right? And right now, like, thank God. Thank God that we're talking about, you know, Roman Reigns instead of Baron Corbin. Right? So, you know what right, I mean? But, like, right. there's always that guy. But let me ask you something. Do you, and I, you need to answer this honestly, mm-hmm. think that Roman Reigns should be universal champion. No, but I don't think Goldberg should be either. Oh, I oh. think it never But no, no, no. that's that's not the that's not the conversation. The conversation's not dealing with Goldberg. Right. It's dealing you. with Roman Reigns. For you, that's what it is. No, no, I me, just asked you. No, no. I just asked you. Should Roman Reigns be universal champion? I think Roman Reigns You should be champion said whatever they no. want. I think Roman Reigns will be champion regardless of what no, no, I think. No, no, What do you think? Because, see, you're dodging the question because you don't want to come out and say he shouldn't be. You I just think, said it a minute ago. I think you said Reigns, no. When it comes to Roman Reigns right now, no, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. But okay. I think that's because of the timing of it. I don't think that's his fault. What, what's, what's wrong with the timing? Because it's, it's the wrong guy. Like, you've got The Fiend, who is popular, and probably, but, I don't know if he really is. But again, but we're not talking, at the same time. we're not talking opponents, we're just talking Roman Reigns. No, that's what you're talking about. I no, think no. Roman Reigns could be champion outside of the situation. 
But I think it would it, just like any other champion, it has it depends on who he gets. No, that has nothing to do with him being champion. Can okay. he carry the company time and time and time he's again? Already, he's already when that title the company. It's just people didn't oh, like the fact that he was. No, he is and not. Then, and he I has logged some of the worst rated shows as champion. Actually, in the past three years, the worst rated champion was Dean Ambrose. Followed by Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Okay. You can go look it up. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And Roman, I think, had the lowest. Actually, it was Dean. Closely. And it's like just debating the best of the worst, I guess. (laughs) I am so glad. I'm so glad you're getting back on that bandwagon. Right? I think it's funny. But there are things about Roman that you know are true. And the reason he shouldn't be world champion. No face should be booed out of the building like he is. If he is that good of a champion, he should stand on his own, be able to stand on his own, and not be crammed down anybody's throat. And no heel should be have their theme song sung while they're walking to the ring. No heel should have that. We're not dealing with pro wrestling we're dealing with sports entertainment no it's not the wwe is sports entertainment it is not pro wrestling as they define it but it's still playing by the same rules no it's not because they're different that's why aew is whipping the wwe's butt i'll give you that i'll give you that aew is definitely kicking their ass I don't have any problem admitting that whatsoever. And I think that WWE would have to change the entire way they do business before they're ever going to get back on a winning streak. So does, can Roman Reigns survive in that? It would I don't think opponent. so. It, it all depends on the opponent, just like anything else. It all depends on who he's against. It damn sure couldn't happen with Baron Corbin. And, just and with him in the him. position he's in right now, definitely Take his not character. Take his character. It could. Just him. Take Roman his character. Blow up just like anybody else. Yeah, tell me this. Tell me this. Roman and will we'll... not blow up in pro wrestling. In sports entertainment, sure. Because the kids love him when he Superman punches. I think it's interesting because we're talking about, and this is the same conversation. You could put any guy in this, and that, that's the coolest part. I get it. I do. And I've, I've agreed with you on multiple points. Probably more points than I'd like to admit. But I think it is humorous because... Honestly, it's just like any other time in wrestling where people have their favorites or people that they absolutely despise, and they'll go to the hill and die on that hill. On no, who they hate or who they I, listen, I don't have to despise somebody when it's fact. This is not like I just made this crap up. Okay. All you have to do is watch SmackDown. And you have, because now you're back on the bandwagon, right? For a long time, you got off the bandwagon, and guess what? You were saying the exact same things I'm saying. But now you've gotten back on it, which is okay. It's okay. I don't watch Roman Reigns. But one simple fact is, when he holds a mid-card title, he is loved by everybody. Right? Right? Everybody loves him. You tell me. I have. And you've said it yourself. 
I'm right in that fact. Everybody in the arena forever. I don't know when the last time he was. When was that actually? But you have admitted the same thing. Everybody loves him in that mid card spot. But as soon as they put him in the main event, everybody craps on him. Why does everybody crap on him? Because nobody believes that he should be world champion. Or half the audience. Sure, the little five-year-olds believe. But the other half doesn't. But we have no problem him being mid-card. We don't want to see him as world champ. And as a face, that's bad. Term heel, maybe it's a different story. Because then all the boos just sound like boos. And nobody's going to cheer for him. And that's what you want. You want the whole arena to be unified. Let me ask you, and I know that we're way over time, but let me ask you, is it possible if Goldberg and Roman – because first off, I would be willing to take bets, and this is where it's all funny to me. I'm taking bets because I know this match is going to blow chunks. It's going to be bad. It's going to be Goldberg, Undertaker, and Super Showdown bad, right? But here's the question. Could Roman Reigns feasibly salvage that, I guess, moment and turn heel at Mania and then make it happen? Does that that salvage that moment? I don't think it does. But do you think that would salvage it? He's going to be heel going in this thing anyway. So there's not going to be a – listen, wait. Watch. So you don't think the crowd will cheer Roman just because they hate Goldberg? No. Okay. Because it's Goldberg. And they eat up these legends that come back for these one-off matches. Wow. But again, it's Goldberg. They love Goldberg. Half of them have never seen him wrestle, but they love Goldberg. Right. Right. They hate Roman Reigns. So it's easy. You cheer Goldberg, you hate Roman. I can see what they're trying to do, and it's interesting because I actually agree with you. I, I don't – I think fans will go out of their way to boo Roman because they're like, no, we know what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? But I also think, okay, is it possible – and, it, of course, this is why I asked the question. You know, Is it possible that they would try to do something like this in an effort to salvage the moment? I do something like what? It. I don't think it'll salvage it, but I do think it's like, well, would they try to turn Roman heel like at Mania? Would they have him like hit Goldberg in the head with a chair or something like that? Like, does that even does that even happen? <laughs> I I, get, I know it's I, it seems silly to me, and I joke about it. Like, I don't I don't mind. I don't think it's way, but you know, it's like, could they try that? But again, there. So the little five-year-olds and 10-year-olds that cheer him Mm -hmm. aren't going to realize what you're trying to do. So they're still going to cheer him. The people that generally dislike him, well, they're just going to dislike him. So hit him in the head. You're still going to have your cheers because the 10-year-olds don't realize what you're doing. And you're going to have your boos because, well, now we know you need a foreign object to be Goldberg, you know, but we still don't like you. 
I guess to me, and and again, like I said, I know we're way over time. I guess it's comical to me because after watching AEW and just all the things done right, and then watching Roman Reigns, well, yeah, I I have a soft spot. It's whatever. (laughs) I also think that it is comical because, you know, regardless of what you say, I say, or anyone says, they're going to do what they're going to do, which love them or hate them. It's always been WWE's moniker, right? They're just going to do what they do. And and we're going to watch at WrestleMania 36. Well, we might watch. <laughs> but we're going to see probably the self-destruction of what someone up there, someone very powerful, thinks is the best idea since sliced bread. And it's just amazing to me because after watching... And, you know, call it what you want. A guy like Jim Cornette might call it, you know, just a bunch of spots and nothing in the way of psychology. I think Brian and I have laid out very well why AEW just dominated on their pay-per-view and what it could lead to down the road with them as far as being the dominant brand. And, by the way, down the road could be just as soon as this Wednesday. I really don't think we're that far. I think WWE could very easily be considered number two. Because of what or they already doing. are number two on Wednesday. Well, very true, very true. I'm I'm thinking overall, but you're right. You're right. They are. They are. And I mean, it's so bad that you're now getting a third party that you pay to air on Facebook while AEW is going on on Wednesday night and yeah. evolve. What? The, what? what? Shenanigans? Why? Anybody? Anybody got <laughs> yeah. shenanigans? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, why? Like, Evolve apparently trying to, um, I guess, like, we call it counter-programming when WWE tries it. I guess Evolve's trying to do the same thing? Well, no, why? it's... What would make it's you think? somebody you think? in the WWE saying, hey, do us a favor. Let's see if we can't... If NXT and Evolve are on at the same time, maybe we can draw some numbers. Right, right. Yeah, I get that. I I feel you there because it's just, it it reeks of obvious desperation. And that's what's going to be, that's what's going to tell the tale. I I really do think that. Uh, We have definitely gone way, way over time with our show tonight. But I think we have uncovered some actually really good and good material in the way of uh, what could happen after AEW's masterpiece of a pay-per-view last night. Yes, was there room for uh, some improvement? Sure. But was there tremendous leaps forward in what the wrestling business overall has seen? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, And AEW definitely won the weekend and won the week as far as professional wrestling is concerned because the build-up with an Ironman match into <laughs> Revolution. Um, I questioned it. I'll be the first person to say that, but just spotless. Amazing. Um, and that's how we're going to close out. AEW definitely won the week and may as well have won uh, the first quarter of the year because we're coming up on March, and that first quarter is almost done. So, uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they've won. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if... Other than that takeover, I don't know if the WWE has put anything on um, the Rumble, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's about that. the best the main roster has done all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I, I, I think you're right. I think when it comes down to what wrestling has been seeing for the past, call it what you want, I think what we're seeing now is wrestling is evolving, pardon the pun, into something that is just much better than what we've been seeing recently. And I'm excited for the future. I really can't wait to see what happens next. And I'm totally cool with seeing that unfold. That is going to do for tonight. It's been an awesome quarter to quarter tonight. A little bit of overtime since we're just on the C2C side. Uh, you can follow Rob on Instagram at RDHUWP. And you can follow him on Facebook. That Rob Hefner. At least I think he's at Rob Hefner. I don't know if he's on Facebook anymore or not. Uh, Brian Taylor can be found at SDRCP21. Uh, that's Professor Dickley to all of y'all. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you can follow me at Stan Grubb on Twitter. At pretty much at Stan Grubb everywhere, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. That's where I'm at. At C2C Radio Show for the show, C2CRadioShow.com. Again, check out the website. Head to Brian's Corner to see the pro wrestling crate that had the uh, crate he was talking about at the top of the show from the Ultimate Warrior pin to the Ric Flair DVD. Randy Savage t-shirt, some great-looking images there. Um, of course, this next edition will be on our Spreaker page and on the website, available for listening live anytime you want. And we'll be continuing our links with Lords of Pain, WrestlingHeadlines.com, and uh, NoDQ.com, and we appreciate our partners. And for the record, I would have much rather seen The Fiend versus John Cena for the Universal title than... Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Oh, which begs another question, but you know what? I'm not asking it tonight. I'm asking it tomorrow. Or next week. Ask, <laughs> ask it real quick. I, we, I mean, it's their show right now. That's you true. Go over That's five right. minutes, we go over five minutes. You said, you said John Cena and The Fiend. Let me ask you. If John Cena wins that match, are you okay with that? Sure, because it won't because last. Because it's Cena? Oh, because huh? okay. No, it won't. Okay, no, it, won't it won't last. I'll give you that. And they again show the difference between Cena and Roman Reigns mm-hmm. is they stop forcing Cena down my throat, right? I can respect Cena for all he's done, right? Right? He's he's what one off of Flair. It's what sixteen. Uh, so what is he? Fifteen. He's at the, he's on his way to seventeen. Oh, 17. Okay, what is he, tied with Flair? Yeah. Okay, so he's tied with Flair, right? So he's been in the mountaintop that many times, and I know he's lost it that many times. But I have faith in Cena that he is going to provide entertainment. I feel okay with him having that title because I've seen him hold it 16 other times right and he's never clocked in the lowest ratings he's never done anything but 100% I mean crap look at the even when he holds mid card titles and the US Open or whatever it was right John Cena open the US title open challenge I have faith in Cena 
but I've never seen Cena stand in the ring and cut a, try and cut a promo on somebody and just get locked. Hey, this is his guard now. You yeah, know, yeah. Okay, you, whatever. You <laughs> As you can tell, I love and, having these conversations. And I think the other thing, too, about the difference in Cena and Roman Reigns mm-hmm. is Cena knows when it's time to lose. But maybe Vince just hasn't seen that yet. What in Roman? Yeah, no, so because I he's don't, I don't think he's trying to force him down their throat. Yeah, yeah. And I I think if Roman would lose some, people would be okay with him because then you can very easily and cleverly disguise forcing him down my throat, and you know. You putting him at top, on the top and me falling for it. Right. You see what I'm saying? If he loses every once in a while, then I'll be like, oh, okay. God, he, Roman lost, man. Let's see what happens next time. But right, every right. stinking time, big match, little match, triple threat, whatever, he still wins. Like you're afraid to let him lose. He's human. We all know that. Let him lose and see what happens. Because, again, if he loses, you can still push him. And because I've fallen for it a hundred other times, I'm going to fall for it again. But if you constantly (laughs) have him win, I know you're just forcing him down my throat. Makes me wonder what the uh, post-WrestleMania show will sound like. (laughs) Damn it, Vince! (laughs) No, no, God. Again, I'm not. I'm not really into this WrestleMania because you haven't yeah. given me anything yet. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have what four matches announced? Uh, I think right now four matches. So you have Becky and uh, no, Becky's not announced yet, is she? No, you, so you uh, have no. Charlotte, Becky, Charlotte, and Rhea, the winner of the uh, chamber. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte and Rhea. You have Drew and Brock, which may be interesting. Hey, you may pull me in on that one. You have Bray and Cena for nothing, and you have Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Admit it, you want to see it just to see it flop. Because you no. know it's gonna, you know it's no. gonna flop, right? You know the no. match is gonna blow. I am past that point now. Come on, you're I, not at the botch mania fest yet. <laughs> I so I have not watched SmackDown. In, I don't know how many months. Probably the dog food incident, the first one. I am okay now because I have other places I can go get my fix. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania is nothing more than some jaked-up pay-per-view now. It used to be that it was can't miss, Mm -hmm. much like the Rumble, can't miss. Well, because you're screwing around now, it it, it can be missed. And again, we are a month away, something like that, and you've only given me four matches, and none of them are really piquing my curiosity. Now, I know we're going to get Becky and Baszler. 
Which should be good, by the way. Yes. And that, I know, is going to pique my curiosity. So if you're smart and you put it on last or towards the end, well, I may be forced to watch everything in between. Well, at least then we got lots of stuff to make fun of. (laughs) So, but again, this is the first WrestleMania that I actually feel that I can miss. Yeah. And now you can end your show on that. Ha ha. (laughs) Well, I I have to agree. I think this this WrestleMania is lacking, that's for sure. That's going to do it for us here over at Corner to Corner, C2CRadioShow.com. And the C2C, C2C radio show bunch. Oh, I forgot Edge and, Edge and Orton may get me. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. We'll yeah. talk about that more after this week. There is potential, but, you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of lacking what you got right now. Beth Phoenix I'm, coming I'm up just stringing you along just to make you keep them. <laughs> keep, keep the, the report, running. cord button down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got Beth Phoenix coming out Monday night to uh, talk about Edge's uh, condition. So we will, of course, talk about that next weekend. When we come back, maybe corner to corner. <laughs> well, yeah, if the, if the coronavirus doesn't get us again. Yeah, it depends we on uh, what else happens. <laughs> right, right. See what else is going on. Because yeah. uh, if somebody you... shows up on Wednesday, you can probably forget about Beth Phoenix. <laughs> Yeah, that will probably be the focal point because that will be uh, <coughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> That's going to do it. It's been an AEW kind of weekend, so the hell with it. What the F? We're just getting started here. And this that... podcast is obsolete. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Have a great night, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.